We are going on tour. The Glamorous Trash Podcast and my book tour have collabed and we're coming to a city near you. Click the link in the show notes to to get all of the deets. We're coming to New York City. On June 4th, we are kicking off an event with Jon Stewart. No big deal. That's our very first show in New York City. Then we're coming to Washington, D.C., Nashville, Chicago, Santa Fe, Albuquerque, Seattle, Portland, and Los Angeles. So get your tickets now. We are doing three different events because, you know, I'm always doing the most. That's just on brand, right? First, there's a glamorous trash party. It's the podcast meets the book tour meets Coachella, a live show featuring podcast segments, book segments, a very special guest. And of course, there's a runway walk at the end for people to show off their fits because the dress code to every event is obviously glamorous trash. We are also doing a cookie country club. It's the anti-country club country club. And it's very dreamy. You get like a bunch of products. There's little events. And it's a more intimate event where you meet other cookies and listen to a book chat with what me and another special guest and then the final event the behind the bangs writing workshop i finally did it put it together put together this workshop because i wrote this book in many ways for younger me and younger me would not have gotten off her couch unless there was also a workshop being taught i wanted the gyms i wanted i wanted the knowledge i wanted the education that's what i would have wanted so i've decided i'm doing it and in the workshop is going to be the six writing gyms that took me forever to learn 15 years in my 15 year career as a tv writer and author and blah 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 all the other things i've written there are six things that i always use and all of those are in this workshop so if you have an interest in writing sign up all the ticket links are live today click the show notes click my instagram we are coming to a city near you and there's going to be some meet and greets i'll sign some copies of books we'll give out more books and i have uh, some pieces of merch that i'm taking on the road and i'm gonna give them out at the shows We are book clubbing such a juicy memoir today, and the full episode is on Patreon. This is going to be just a teaser, but it's also your moment to join the Patreon. It is so easy, and it's so cheap. The reason it is so cheap is that I want everyone who wants to be able to join to be able to do it, because Patreon is where I am building the book club community, the people who want to talk about books and pop culture um, in, in the way that I want to get into it. So for a dollar a month, you get all the bonus episodes, including this one. Signing up takes two minutes. We send you a link to add to your podcast player and all the episodes just come straight to your phone like normal. They're all ad-free. And by becoming a member of the Patreon, you will get an email of photos that go with each book, with each episode of a book, and a Cookie Crumbs email once a month filled with all the best DMs that I received, book notes, a bunch of little like behind-the-scenes content. Plus, you get to comment on all the posts and chat with all the other hardcore cookies. This podcast is completely independent. The only way we make it is by having Patreon. So go sign up and let's start the episode. Welcome to Celebrity Book Club. This is a podcast that recaps and celebrates female celebrity memoirs. I'm your host, Chelsea DeMontes. I'm a TV writer, comedian, and filmmaker, and sometimes I'm in stuff too. Today, we are book clubbing the memoir of Madison Beer, titled The Half of It, published this summer in 2023. You might not know Madison Beer, despite the fact that she has 36 million Instagram followers. So I will just give you a little overview now, then we're going to learn more. She is a singer. She was discovered by Justin Bieber's manager, Scooter. That's yes, that is his name, Scooter, when she was 12. And now she puts out her own music, 
She is only 24 years old, leading most people to watch her publish a memoir and think, are you serious? What could you have to say at 24? Including myself. This memoir was not on my list. Then I heard an interview with her. I I loved it. I got so curious, ordered the book, and I loved the book. It is definitely a young adult memoir. It's written in a more YA style. It's meant for her fans, you know, her age and younger. But the story is so impactful. I was so glad she wrote it. So let's begin. Our guest today is a documentary filmmaker, podcaster, and mom. She's been featured in Forbes, TED, Vogue, and was even named one of Oprah's Super Soul 100. She's currently producing and co-hosting a new podcast called Love in Common about an ex-evangelical boomer, a gay artist, and a frazzled mom who go deep on life's big questions. You can find all her films like Dream Girl and Year One for free on YouTube. And word has it, if you DM her on Instagram, she'll send you the links. Please welcome Erin Bagwell. Hi. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you uh, so much for introducing Maddie Beer to my life because I'm just, I'm so honored and I'm excited to dive in and I feel very protective of our little angel girl. I, I do as well now. And I, I love Maddie Beer. I'm, I'm in on a Maddie Beer name. Yeah. So when we set this episode, you were traveling and you texted me a picture and that we actually put on the Patreon in our like little, little new newsletter that it, it, you bought the book at the airport. So you read it while flying. Did you like it? I did. I like I like being able to read a book on a plane or watch a film yeah. or something. I feel like you're kind of isolated and it gives you time to like zoom in. Um, so I was actually traveling with my husband and what you said in the intro was really true because he was kind of like, well, what is this girl going to have to say? And then yeah. halfway through the flight, I'm like, listen to this quote. Now listen to this one. Like, and he was like all <laughs> in on the story and excited. And But I had never heard of her before. So it was exciting to pick it up and dive into her story. It felt like such a whirlwind to see you in the airport, emergency <laughs> buying the book. You couldn't get it on the Kindle or the other digital, only hard copy only right now. So really, she's making that hardcover coin. Yeah, I wonder what that decision is. How interesting. So the story of how we first met is through our Celebrity Book Club, Zoom Book Club, and Instagram, which is my favorite, because we just recorded our Carolyn Calloway and Natalie Beach episode with Katie, mm-hmm. who I met the exact same way. And, you know, through our live book clubs, I feel like we all get to know each other really well. And so I I, I feel like we're friends. And then I, I put on my stories, I was like, I love this book. And I posted some quotes. And when you replied and told me like one of them resonated with you, I was like, I know Aaron's the guest. Because you always have such beautiful, deep points that I that I never think of when we're in book clubs. So mm-hmm. what first made you respond and say like, like, what do you remember what it was in my story where you're like, I will cover this book even though I don't know who this is? You know, I'm always, you know, I'm a Taurus, but I'm a Scorpio rising and I always want to go dark, dark, dark. So when yeah, she yeah. was, you were posting things about depression and her journey and her mental health journey, Um, I made a documentary about my mental health. I'm all in about talking about mental health and getting into it. So I'm sure it was one of her depression, one of her many lovely depression stories. 
Yes. A good way to tell everyone listening to take care. We're going to hit a lot of hard topics in this episode. The book is so short. It's called the half of it, but it is the one-tenth of it for sure. (laughs) Uh, You know what I mean? Like to be a short book, but also have the title, the half of it was so funny. Well, it was the title of the first chapter and it almost felt like the editors were like, that's it. Let's just use that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It felt like there was a better title for her in this. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Sorry to interrupt you. Um, what did you think of the cover? I didn't like it. Yeah. Because she's wet. Yeah. And now I sort of feel like her mom where I'm like, why are you wet on your cover? But given the content of the book, mm-hmm. um, I love her expression. I love the profile shot. Given the content of the book, uh, this was not what I thought would match that or exude what we were getting. What did you think? Yeah, I thought I thought it was a little too sexy for a book about, like, trauma and sexual assault. Like, it felt like it was giving us the wrong message. I mean, she looks gorgeous in it. I think you're right. The profile is nice. Yeah, but it's giving, it's giving like, a little Hollywood glamour, but I'm not—it doesn't feel in alignment with what the book is actually about. And I think, like, I would be here for a book cover where it's like, I'm going to talk about my sexual trauma, but also I'm, like, a highly sexual being. Sure. It just doesn't feel like the cover was— doing that either. You know what I mean? Like, it didn't feel like maybe the cover had a message. Unless she was like, oh, this is me naked. Like, you're getting the whole truth. Yeah, but we're not. It's the half of it. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to read a couple parts from the preface. I'm unsure why I was given the privileged life that I have when there are millions of girls just like me across the globe who will never be afforded the same opportunities. I wanted to approach this book as carefully as possible with the understanding of my inherently privileged position. My story is one in a sea of many more of vibrant, important narratives, and my day-to-day worries are much different from most, but I only ever wanted to write a book to remind you that someone who might appear more than fine on the outside still has her own share of demons and battles she wasn't sure she would make it out alive from. And then... Later, she writes, I want my story to represent more than just me. While it's a story of my life, it's a story about the power of empathy and understanding and what something as simple as human kindness can do in changing someone's life. If I can do any good by sharing my own personal experiences, I'll never hesitate to speak up. With that being said, just because it happened this way, that doesn't mean it should have. Mm. And it's interesting because in our, we had an, uh, we interviewed a really great, uh, like ghostwriter co-author, Hillary Lifton. And she said every single person who she ghostwrites for says, I want to just, if I can just help one person. I hate these and, chapters. Yeah. And the the thing I'll say is like, I in a different book, I might've been like, okay. However, mm-hmm. I came away from the book thinking that why it's so valuable is that she's writing about something so many teenagers are going through, specifically with social media, but as a famous pop star. And she's writing it in the moment very close to the moment she has lived it. Yeah. So I kind of thought like this is that this is a time where it like makes the most sense. Like the fact that she wrote it at 24 is what makes it special because if she were to write the same things that happened to her as a preteen and a teenager in 10 years and 20 years, she's not going to be writing it the Completely. same way. Yeah. It really feels like she's speaking to teenage girls. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what made it special. Yeah, to teenage girls, you know, 36-year-old moms. I mean, we're all here. Yeah. <laughs> I know, I know. We're all, I was so in on this book. So uh, I want to read a little bit of page two and four. So she's discovered at 12. Oh my God. After posting one YouTube cover, we will, it'll be the intro song to this, this uh, episode. So you'll have heard it. 
a single YouTube, my friends, goes viral, viral-ish, or a part of me is like, did Scooter Braun find it? Make it go viral. I don't know. But hmm. Scooter Braun, Justin Bieber's manager who discovered him when he was 12, clearly saw this 12-year-old girl singing and thought like, this is my Ew, next He's just protege. like trolling 12-year-old like Twitter. Like, how is he finding these weird. kids? I know. It does make you be like, wait, yeah. what? Like he was clearly looking to, to replicate the model he did with Justin Bieber. And um, so, so, so at 12, she's like, you know, whisked into this world of Hollywood. And, and she wrote this. Before I signed, I imagined it like this. I would move to LA and be caught up in a whirlwind of music and performances. And, and just, again, please remember she's 12. Instead, I went to parties and watched people who hated each other pose and giggle for a video together and then go back to sitting on their phones in silence. I tagged along to friends' video shoots and saw how they only smiled when the cameras came into the room to film behind-the-scenes footage. I sat in meetings and had every one of my ideas shot down because I was too young or too inexperienced, which was a fair point and a valid reason, but it isn't what I thought I was signing up for. In a lot of ways, I felt like I had been lied to. But I was just like, oh my God. I, I moved to L.A. when I was, like, 31, and it's fucking brutal. Mm-hmm. She was 12. She was 12. <laughs> yeah, this whole rise to fame story is outrageous. It, like, it makes yeah. you want to throw up. It's so crazy, just the acceleration. And it actually reminded me of, like, Sporty Spice's story and Matt Perry's and, like, even Pamela Anderson, how these people have these weird, like, fluke moments where like yeah. something shifts and aligns for them and they get like shot forward like a cannon. It's so yeah. bizarre. I mean, I I have this distinct memory that I feel like anyone my age and tell me if you have it too is is it like it hits you where at some point I don't know where we were. I don't know if we were at home or like in a hotel room, but Leanne Rhymes was singing Blue mm-hmm, on like mm-hmm. the Disney Channel. Blue okay. and she was holding like call in and sing, sing just blue or whatever. Like yeah. maybe you'll get to be, Famous. you know, on the Disney stage. And and yeah. And I was like, how the fuck do I get a hold of a phone and start singing <laughs> right goddamn now? And I just like, can't imagine taking that kid and then um, introducing them to Hollywood. Yeah. It's a, it's a crazy thing. Like, I think it's weird too, as a parent, I often like most of the time I identify with the heroine, but then now that I'm a parent, now I identify with the parents. And so my brain is always like, how do, how would I handle that situation or how would that work? And it is so terrifying to, for them all to have experienced, I'm sure. But she says about a thousand times in the book, I wish I was protected. I wish the adults didn't treat me like an adult in a room. I wish I could just go to camp. Like there are so many just like, dagger moments. Yeah. I thought she did one of the best jobs of holding parents accountable for um, not being a good parent without... Naming it? Yeah. Like, it just kind of... I mean, she did. She would name it. She would say, like, I still wish that the adults responsible for me had taken more time to consider the potential consequences that these experiences could have on me in the long run. I think we all got carried away. It just, it's such a gentle way to say something very, very, very true and horrifying. Yeah, but then at the end of the book, she's like, my mom is my best friend and I love her so much and my dad's my biggest fan. So part of me wonders if it was like a manager or something like that that was involved. I kind of, I understand the, I'm a sexual assault survivor myself and it took me eight years to tell my story. So I understand there is some, you know, time to process, but I almost wish she hadn't brought it up. 
because it left me oh, really? so confused about like what happened. That's interesting. I Or do you feel like, no, it didn't matter? Yeah. No, I loved that it was in there. And then I felt like I was picking up what she was putting down. Because mm. like later she's dating this guy who she says is more famous than her. And I looked him up and uh, have already forgotten him. Like I've never heard the name before in my life. And, and I don't think most people have. I don't remember the famous man, no. The musician guy was Jack Galinsky. And again, like, you're like, what, who? But he Mm -hmm. was a performer and she was set to open for him. But he was like hot teen boy performer. So he had all of these young female fans who found out he was dating Madison being like, fuck you. We hate you, Madison. Like, you're disgusting. Like flooding her social media. Right, right, right. Yeah. And she's like 14 or 15. I don't know. She's, She's still young. And she's like, I can't do this. Like, who set me up to open for him? Like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, this is gonna be brutal. She calls her mom. Yep. And she says, her mom is like, yeah, I'll support your choice. And then says, you know, I think you got this, but if you want to back out, I'll support your choice. You're going to have to be the one who tells your manager, though, my mom said. You need to explain all this to him yourself. I can't be the middleman. Bitch, it's your job to be the middleman. I screamed. I threw my book. I was, I'm enraged thinking about it. And there's another part in the book where she's like lounging in her house and she's 17. And I'm like, where are your parents? Where is anybody? Like, what's going on? And the fact that her mother didn't protect her or, like, be like, okay, let let me get on a phone call. Like, let me advocate for you. Like, that's her job as a parent to keep her safe and healthy. Like, I I didn't not understand that at all. But that's what she said. They're treating her like an adult. Yeah. Yeah, don't send a teenage girl in to talk to Scooter Braun about the concert she doesn't want to do that night. And it it does have a happy ending where she does the concert, and it's great, and she realizes there was a lot of anxiety in her head, but— so when she called out those like adults, plural, I think she is talking about the managers that every single adult, every single adult who's with her, including her own parents. But then I felt like I was spotting parental stuff throughout the whole book. And of course she ends it with loving her parents because she loves her parents, but it doesn't mean it's, mm. oh my God, there's this incredible quote that like intensely moved my life. And I'll have to paraphrase, but it's from the author who wrote Luckiest Girl Alive, and there's a Netflix adaptation. And she gave an interview where she said, sometimes it's uh, they're the people in your life who would die for you also don't always protect you. Mm. And that's a huge tension. Sometimes they don't do right by you, even though they would die for you. Mm. And how do you reconcile that? Wow, wow, wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> bringing up some stuff, bringing up some stuff. Okay, that was just a little teaser of the episode. I know you're probably so annoyed. However, what if we pivoted that thought to this? You can join our Patreon for literally a dollar a month. It's the pay what you can option. It's so easy to sign up. I know you're maybe you're driving, you're in the shower, so don't do it now. But like the moment you can, you just click the link in the show notes. It takes you to Patreon. You sign up real quick. We send you an email with the link and instructions to add it to your podcast app. It takes 30 seconds. And then all the bonus episodes just come to your phone the way the normal podcast does. It's so worth it because what? We're an independent podcast. We have no husbandgers. We have no support except for your support. So go to Patreon if you love this podcast. If you want to hear the rest of this episode, it means a lot to us. You're my lucky number.